good to you this week. Looking forward today to continuing to worship our God and taking this opportunity to honor and remember a dear friend and brother of all of us in here, Brother Fair and Catherine. Amen. Looking forward to that. As I look back across this congregation today, I can't help but uh, to think, and, and we've changed the seating up a little bit since the last time we were here, but typically about right here where Brother Eddie's sitting, somewhere in that range right there, is where Brother Farron and Sister Linda always sat, right over here. Occasionally they would migrate to the back, but most of the time they were over here. And uh, so as I look back that way, there's a definite void today in the house of the Lord, amen? At least here. And our loss today is certainly heaven's gain. There's no question about that, right? The smile on his face is just one of those things. Y'all knew Brother Farron, right? You knew him just as well as I knew him. And that smile, you could always count on that smile, even though he couldn't, he was feeling bad. And I was telling Sister Linda last time that I saw him come in this church, he was walking down this, this walkway outside from, from, the, from this side to where Shoals side. And uh, Sister Linda had him by the belt loop, maybe both belt loops, I can't remember now, but for sure one of them. And he had his walker in front of him and he was telling me he was just fussing. He said, Preacher, I can't get this right leg to do right. And, uh, but he was, he was pushing himself to get in that door. And I could not help but to think about two things in that moment. Well, three, God forgive me, amen, for complaining about having to get up and go to church, amen. And here I was, healthy as I could be, and Brother Farron, you, you guys know what he was facing. He was in a battle. But he was coming across that, that sidewalk right there and with a big old smile on his face, fussing about that leg, but was so glad to be at church. Amen. And I tell you, that is a lasting memory. The joy that I saw in his face, just the, the conviction I felt because I wasn't feeling the same way. And here I am healthy. And man, just thinking about the love he had for God. No matter what he did, he said, I'm going to be there. One of the last few times I saw him at his house, he told me, he said, he's a preacher. I'm going to get back in church. That's what he told me. About every time I went, I'm going to get back in there. I said, well, we got a seat saved for you, Brother Farron. And he'd tell me that every time, every single time. He had a love for God, and he had a love for people. Amen? It's obvious. As you look around, he's touched our church family here tremendously. Him and Sister Linda both uh, can't, just can't tell you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. And Sister Tanya, this whole family has been such a blessing to us over just a, it's a short period of time. I felt like I've known them all my life. I uh, just uh, fell in love with them and, and Fred, right? Fred, me and Fred's buddies now. Y'all don't know who Fred is. Fred's a, a beautiful hound dog. It's, not, it's a beautiful dog. And Fred walks me in and walks me out. And Fred will even shake his face when I'm in there and all slobber goes all over the place. That just means Fred loves you, amen? If you've ever had that done to you, right? And uh, I can't remember the little pup's name. Bandit, yeah. Well, Bandit wasn't as fond of me. Bandit was more fond of Brother Farron. In fact, that's where you would find Bandit, up underneath his bed right there. That's where you'd find him. But uh, just, man, just fell in love with this beautiful family. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship God as he would want us to do here today, and we're going to have church like he would want us to do, and we're just going to intermingle him into our service because, again, we're forever going to be touched by him. We can't take him out of the fibers of this church. Amen. He has impacted so many of us in here, and we're just so thankful for that. Amen? As I thought about Brother Farron, I thought about joy. Joy. It's a very small word, but a very powerful word. The joy of the Lord was his strength, as the Bible says. Amen? And the joy of the Lord is our strength today. If you hear nothing else out of this message today, I want you to know the joy of the Lord is your strength. In the good times as well as the bad times and everything in between. You hear preachers preach that all the time. 
But I assure you, I saw that lived out in his life. He held on to the strength of the Lord, and that's what kept him motivated and moving every single day, along with the love of his family and his friends that are here today. That's what kept him going. Dearly loved his family, loved his son, his grandbabies. Uh, man, just many times talked about wanting to ride them grandbabies on that tractor. Amen? Man loved a tractor. If you knew Brother Farron, he loved his tractors, loved his family, again, loved God. But his joy was contagious. And if I had to say something to you today, that's what the world's missing is joy. Amen? We've allowed the enemy to take our joy. Amen? We really have. We've, been, we've allowed things like sickness in our body. Amen? That's Brother Farron fought valiantly, and some of us in here are still fighting. We allow that to take our joy sometimes. We allow, you know, the things that are going on in our government and in our world to steal our joy. We allow our jobs. We allow our relationships. We allow this, that, and the other to steal our joy. When reality is, guys, this, this life here is, is just short. We're only here for a moment. The Bible says that it's like a vapor. It's here one moment, and then it's gone, right? And that's exactly the way it is. While we're here, we should enjoy it. Is that not right? And I have people all the time say, Preacher, you just don't know where I'm living. But I said, yeah, I'm living in the same place you're living. Maybe it's in a different zip code, but we're all in the same place. It's what you make out of it. Amen? And we got to get our joy back. Joy is something that you cannot buy. You cannot purchase it. You cannot teach it. It's something that's in all of us. We've just got to stir it up. Amen? And we got to allow it to come to the forefront. Okay? The Bible also speaks of a peace that passes all understanding. Is that right? And so I saw both those attributes in Brother Farron. He had a peace about him that you could not deny, that you could not explain. In the end of his life, he had a peace, even though he was in a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil going on in his body, he had peace in his heart and in his mind and his soul. One of the last times I was at his house, at his house and he could still speak to me, that I could really understand him, he told me, I told him, I said, Brother Farron, God's got you. He's got you. And he looked at me and he said, I know he's got me, right? He was sure of that. He wasn't worried about leaving here. He knew where he was going when he left here. That's peace. It was just he didn't want to leave all of you, amen, all of us. He wanted to make sure all of you were okay. That's the only thing that bothered Brother Farron. But he knew where he was going. He knew exactly where he was going. And that's what all of us should be striving for today. At the end of our lives, we need to have peace <clears throat> and we need to have joy. And that joy and that peace is only found in Christ. I told the family just a little bit ago, I can remember, now again, the seats were arranged a little bit different, so they, this middle aisle was not here. We had two aisles on the sides, and, 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 and that was it. So you had the two on the wall and two on the sides. And, and the service went on, and at the end of the service, we opened the altars up for prayer. And I never will forget it. Brother Farron stood up with tears in his eyes. I mean, I, his face, you know how Brother Farron, when Brother Farron cried, he had one of them ugly cries, amen? And... Uh, much like me, and his eyes were just red, and water was running everywhere, and he came around that left side, right up about right here, and he made his way to about where this offering plate is right now, and he knelt down right there, and he prayed, and he sought God, and he did not get up until he felt like God saved him, and when he stood up, the joy that was on his face was priceless, amen? I wish all of you could have been here and saw it. I remember when I grabbed him and hugged him, he looked at me, it was such a joy in his face, I didn't know if he was going to hug me or kiss me or what he was fixing to do. You know, you could just see it, man. He was just pumped. He, there was a change in his life. And from that moment until he left this world, man, what a difference it made. God made all the difference in his life, and he was so thankful that God changed his life. And that's where the joy of the Lord began to touch his life. Amen? He already had joy in his family. He already had joy in his friends. 
but he was made whole that day, Sister Linda, that day. And so I was just thankful that I was able to be here and take part of that. And I told, told Sister Linda, I'll never forget this spot right here. As, no matter how many times I walk by it, I'll always have that vision of him kneeling right there and asking God into his heart. It was an amazing thing. And that's the most important thing I can say to you today, right? Great man, great man. But boy, he was a great man of God. And now he's resting in the arms of Christ. Joy, the Bible says, that's unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? You can't tell it. Like I said last week, it's better felt than telt. Amen? The joy of the Lord. So with that, I'm just going to dive in here, and I'm going to take a look at it just a moment, okay, if I could. Because, again, I think about that joy that I saw on his face, and, face, and it was, it's, uh, it's one of those memories that will never leave my mind. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, this is what the Bible says. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. Not just partial joy, fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In God's presence, in His hands, there is joy and there is pleasure forevermore. This life's pleasure is just temporary. And this life's pleasures bring us a lot of pain and sorrow. Amen? But the joy of the Lord is precious and it is powerful and it is pleasurable. This is what the psalmist wrote that day. The message today is just simply lost and found. When we hear those words, we are reminded of a time of great loss and emptiness, followed by overwhelming an overwhelming sense of relief and joy. Lost and found. Is that right? We sing about it in the songs. I was once lost and now I'm found. There was once an emptiness. There was a great loss. But now there is joy. Isn't that right? Because you have found something that was very precious to you. Is that right? Lost and found. That's where we're at today. There's a lot of people walking around lost and they're trying to find their way. Is that right? They don't have joy. There's an emptiness in their hearts. We've all been there. If you're here today and you've given your heart to Christ, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. There's been an emptiness in your heart, but now there's joy. Brother Farron had an emptiness, but now he found joy. Is that right? And today the joy that he has, you and I can't even comprehend it. Amen. There's no way we can comprehend it. In fact, the Bible tells us that, right? It, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man. Right? The things that God has set aside and planned for those who love him, he has, he has experienced that. Okay? We've lost our joy. We're walking around now, it's just sad and, and we're just depressed, right? I've never seen so much depression and anxiety in my life as I have in the world we live today. Amen? Amen, somebody. Is that right? Fear. Fear has gripped, as we just sung, fear has gripped our souls. We've allowed, again, all this stuff to steal our joy. And when that happens, that's where we're left. We're just left in a state of, of anxiousness and depression and fear, worrying about what's going to happen next. I didn't see that with Brother Farron. I saw a man who knew exactly what was going to happen next. He had confidence that God was going to heal him in this life, but if not, he would be healed in that life. Amen? To come. But we know he healed him in this life. I remember some tumors that he had early on, and he asked for prayer about those things, and those things began to shrink. Amen? They began to go away. And he was so excited. He felt so much better, and God began to just do wonderful things in his life. But it was time for Brother Farron to go. Amen? It was. And again, he had confidence in knowing if he didn't do it here completely, he'd do it there. And that's where he is today, healed completely by God. So lost and found, we've lost our joy and we need to find it again. Let me define joy to you today. The feeling of great pleasure, of, of happiness. In fact, joy is something grander than happiness. 
Joy is something that is above happiness. A puppy, a new puppy, will make us happy. Amen? Is that right, Noel? New puppy will make us happy. A new car will make us happy if we don't have payments. Is that right? A new car will make you happy. A nice T-bone steak will make you happy. If it's cooked right. And again, if it's free, it'll make you happy. Right? There's a lot of things that make us happy, but they're here and then they're gone. But true happiness, as defined, grander happiness, is the joy that we're talking about here today. That's grander happiness. That's a, that's a happiness that cannot be removed. Because, see, I could come get the puppy back. Is that right? I could take your puppy back. I don't know why I would because I don't want to have to take care of it. But <laughs> I could take your puppy back and you wouldn't be joyful anymore. I could come get that new car from you and you wouldn't be joyful anymore. I could eat the steak that you wanted and your mouth was watering and you wouldn't be joyful. In fact, you'd probably be angry at me and hurt me, wouldn't you, if I ate your steak? So, see, joy is easily attained, but it's easily lost unless it's the joy of the Lord. Amen? Because that's what sustains. That's what stays with us. That's what's in us all the way to the end. And it's what keeps us moving forward every single day. And that's why children of God, did you know that scientifically it has been proven that people that are saved, that have a relationship with God, they are happier people. They have less anxiety. They have less depression. Right? They have less issues. Not that we're issue-free because the enemies in this world trying to destroy all of us. We're all going to have to face battles. But they say that Christians on an average live longer than people that don't know Christ because there's joy in their hearts and the stress levels go down. Henceforth, our blood pressure goes down and our hearts stay beating longer. Is that right? So joy is a very important thing for us to have. And Brother Farron had a bunch of it. As I said to you, I remember that beautiful smile on his face. The man loved to, to eat, so that's why I guess he and I got along so well. He loved to eat, loved to fish, right, all those things. My goodness. He loved to eat the fish that he caught. Well, just tie that together. That was, that was utopia for Brother Farron. To be able to go fishing with his family and his friends and then eat the fish that he caught, it didn't get no better than that because he was doing everything that he loved the most. only thing that made him happy if we just had a fish fry and it had been right here at church, right? That would have done it. But he did love to eat. He loved, he loved foundations. Uh, it brought him great joy. And we're talking about joy foundations as a group of folks that meet every, every once a month here at our church, 50 and above. They call them recycled teenagers. That's what they call them. And he loved that. Had it last night. And, and again, you couldn't help but think about Sister Linda and Brother Farron not being there. Uh, missed him tremendously because you could always see him sitting over there. And he was always excited and always happy. And he really got excited when Brother Jimmy would bring those catfish bites he would bring catfish bites and man good night you know he just thought that was the greatest thing ever joy I want to talk to you about Exodus chapter 16 verse 1 through 3 if I could here just briefly there's a lot we've still got to say today this is a story here where the children of Israel had been delivered from bondage they uh, uh, they had been in bondage in Egypt I've been talking about them here for the past couple of weeks but they were in bondage and God delivered them. He heard their prayer. And God delivered them out of bondage. You know the story. Moses leads these multiple millions of people out of Egypt. They've been in bondage for over 400 years. A long time. Safe to say that they had lost their joy. Amen? They were enslaved. In fact, it wasn't like prisons that we have in America today. These folks were beat. 
their, their families were killed. Their, their wives were, were raped. Their children were put, put to work in, in these concentration camps. It was an awful, awful place. For 400 years, generation after generation died out while they were in exile and while they were over there in bondage to the Egyptians. God heard their prayer one day and he sent Moses to tell them, I've heard you and I'm going to deliver you. Great joy had to swell up in their hearts. Could you imagine being in bondage, your families for over 400 years, just generation after generation? That's what was passed down to you. Congratulations, not that we're going to leave you a car, not that we're going to leave you a house, not that we're going to leave you a boat or a tractor. Not that we're going to leave you a bunch of money, right? That's what we all think about as Americans, right? I can't wait to see what my family is going to leave me. Well, the Egyptians, their family left them slavery. Congratulations, we're going to leave you worse bondage than what we had. Right? Didn't have a whole lot to live for, right? Wasn't a whole lot of joy there. But God said, I'm going to deliver you. And so now they had hope again. There was joy that rose up in the camp again. Moses delivers them, Right? Man, they're busting out of there. You know the story. They get across the Red Sea. God destroys the enemy right behind them in the Red Sea. And again, that had to bring them great joy to know that those that had them in bondage was now going to be destroyed and they have to worry about that no more. They are now pressing toward the promised land, which God promised them would be flowing with milk and honey, that they would have a better place, right? It's going to be awesome. And they're marching that way. Great joy. Great joy. But let me just show you how we are. Two and a half months go by. Only two and a half months. Mind you now, they've been in bondage, their families, for 400 years. And God delivers them. They have this joy, these different things that are happening. Two and a half months later, they look at Moses and start doing what? Complaining. They looked at Moses and said, Man, you brought us out here in the wilderness to let us die. Right? We, at least when we were in Egypt, we had the flesh pots. At least we had... Bread enough, they said, bread enough to fill, they said. We had plenty of food. We had a house, a roof over our heads. You just brought us out here to die. In fact, they even said it had been better had, they, had the Egyptians just overtaken them rather than them be out there free, headed toward the promised land. They lost their joy that fast. In two and a half months, they lost their joy. I don't know about you, but it sounds like me a lot of times in my life. Something great would happen in my life, and I'd be joyful for just a short period of time, and then i go right back to complaining about things. Is that right? I don't know what it is, but as, as people, we're that way. We think about, we're wired to think about the bad stuff more than the good stuff. But if you really take time to do an inventory of your life, you'll find out there's been a whole lot more good done in your life and for you than the bad. Amen. It's just the bad's what we focus on because we don't like it. Isn't that right? That's why. So the children of Israel had been blessed multiple times in that two-and-a-half-month period of time. If God didn't do anything but get them out of bondage, it should have been enough. Right? They should have been joyful, but they began to complain. That fast, they lost it. But I never saw Brother Farron do that. The whole time he got saved, from the time he got saved till he went on to be with the Lord, he never went back. He never looked back. He never thought back about, I wish I was still doing this, I wish I was still doing that. He never did. He always looked forward to what was coming next every single day. He looked forward to God to continue to bless him every day. These folks didn't do that. They began to complain. So this is the story just to bring you up to speed. I want to read it to you here in Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 3, and I'm going to touch on three things here. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. 
And on the fifteenth day of the second month, two and a half months, after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, as I said to you. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we, we, had, we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly with hunger. Right? Here we are, starving to death, and you don't even care, Moses. And right, that's what they said to him. Millions of people looking at Moses saying, man, you just brought us out here to die. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing about the fact that you, you, you sacrificed and you was willing to be a mouthpiece for God and you, you was willing to, to, to risk your life to bring us, to walk us out of Egypt. None of those things. None of that. There was no joy now. So here they are without any joy. Three things I want you to see here. They had every reason to be joyful. Every reason, as I said to you earlier. They had every reason. Here's one of them. They had been delivered from bondage of oppression, as I said to you. That was reason enough to be joyful. All of us, if you're here today and you've been saved, that's enough for us to be joyful every day. If God never blesses us with another blessing, we've got enough. Why? Because we know that when we leave this world, there's a better place waiting on us, as I said earlier. It's enough. We should never complain to God because He gave His life for us. Brother Farron accepted Christ. He was thankful, Brother Ralph, that God saved him. Many times he told me that, that he was so thankful that God saved him and that he knew his name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's joy enough. That's joy enough. Man, just could you imagine, I was talking to Sister Tanya the day that he died. I actually, I was so thankful I got to get there that morning with him. And we were, we were talking to Brother Farron, and at this point he, he couldn't talk to us, at least nothing we could understand but he would respond and look at us and I would say a few things to him and I'd tell him I'd love him and he'd mumble something back and I was hoping he told me he loved me. You know, Brother Farron was a straight shooter now. You know how he was. I mean, you know, if he, he thought something he'd tell you, he'd going to tell you. But um, we were sitting there, sit, sitting there that day and, and I looked at Sister Tanya and I said, you know, he was looking up. He just kept looking up. And I thought to her, I, I said to Sister Tanya, I said, I, wonder, I wish I could see what he saw. Right? I wish I could, I wish I could see what he's seeing. Because little did we know, it was just a few hours later that he was going to go on to be with the Lord. I can't imagine. I know the Bible says that an angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him, right? I know that. And I know he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So I know he was in the room, and I know his presence was in the room. And I got to imagine he was seeing something, whether it was an angel, whether it was Jesus himself. I don't know what he saw, but he was locked in on it. He was locked in. I said, man, I wish I'd give anything to just peel back heaven to be able to see what that is. Right? You could just feel God's presence there. That's what it's all about. When you've got that kind of joy in your heart to know that this life may take our bodies, sickness may take your body, it may ravage your body, it may take your life. Something bad, terrible may happen, you may have a bad accident, it may take your life, whatever it may be. But the joy is knowing that no matter what happens, I'm going to live forever. Amen? This, this body is going to go away, it's going to decay, but my soul will live forever. It live forever. That's what it's all about. And that's that joy that we're talking about. The world's lost that joy. We have no future. All we can see is what's in front of us. All we can see is our problem that sits in front of us. All we can see is the cancer, right, that, that riddled Brother Farron's body. Some people in that same situation, that's all they could see is that situation that was in front of them. They can't even see the blessings of God because they're looking at all those things. 
right? We look at, well, my job's just terrible. We look at whatever the situation is, that becomes a mountain in our lives, and it stands between us and the joy of the Lord that's on the other side, okay? But what we really need back, again, is what Brother Farron found, and that's just have joy in those tough situations, okay? Because you know that you've been, you were oppressed, you were in bondage, but now you're set free, amen? Set free spiritually, and now he's set free spiritually, physically, emotionally, the whole nine yards, amen? He has received the joy of the Lord, amen? And that's what it's all about, okay? We've lost our joy, but we've got to find it again. These Egyptian people had forgotten really quick that God had provided for them. He'd always provide for them. Doesn't the Bible tell us that? He said I'll pro he'll always provide. He provides for his people. And God will always provide for you. And I provided for Brother Farron, right? Even in the most difficult times of his life, he provided for you, Sister Linda, and this whole family. He provided that every single day. And God will do that for us too. We just forget about it sometimes. Here's what we say. Yeah, this old Pinto I'm driving, it gets me in a working bag, but I ain't, I ain't proud. I'm ashamed of it. Amen? What we really meant was, God, you didn't provide me the Ferrari. Right? But he provided you a Pinto. Nonetheless, you still can get to work and eat, right? And pay your bills and, and all the other stuff that all the other stuff that you need to, that you need. Right? Is that right? God provided. He provides. He may not provide steak, it might be hamburger. Right? But there's hope. Because the Bible said he'll give you the desires of your heart, too. Is that right? I've heard people preach that for years. They say, well, God will give you the desire, your, 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 your wants, but not your yeah, or your needs, not your wants, excuse me, right? But that's not right. The Bible says that he will provide your needs, but he'll also give you the desires of your heart, your wants as well, right? But it's where our heart's at. It's where our heart's at. These folks had reason to have joy in their lives because they've been delivered, they've had victory over that, and now they've been provided for. How many times, I said this to the church the other day, how many times have you ever woke up and found a whole lot of sunbeam bread all over your front yard. Anybody ever seen that? Right, just big old bunches of it, right? Just fresh loaves of bread everywhere. Ain't never happened to me. The children of Israel, they would wake up and the dew would be on the ground and while the dew was on the ground, they could look out there and this manna was all over the place. God provided them. The Bible says it tasted like water and honey. It was just sweet to the taste. And it was everywhere. They could go get it and it provided for them. Okay, but that wasn't enough, right? So complaining and they wanted the flesh pots, right? So God just brought in a whole covey of quail, right? It covered the ground, the Bible says. So they had quail there for them. They had bread there for them. God was providing and they didn't have to do nothing but get up and go get it. But they complained, right? They had every reason to be joyful because God was providing he provided them shelter. He provided them direction. He provided them with everything that they needed, but they allowed the enemy to steal their joy. They couldn't see that they were on their way to the promised land. As I said to you, Brother Fair never lost sight of that. Even though he was, his, his body was attacked by this terrible disease, he knew he was on his way to the promised land. And he knew that God delivered him, knew that God provided for him. And as I said to you, this was the third thing here, that they had a promise, God's promise of peace and prosperity and plenty, right? Brother Farron had that promise. When he gave his heart to the Lord right here, he had a promise from God 
in Philippians 1 and 6 where he said that, that he was going to keep that until the day of Jesus Christ. He was going to keep, God's going to keep his promise to you and I. What you and I do in him, the acceptance of Christ, he's going to make sure he does his part that you get to that promised land. It's up to us whether we do it or not. Okay? And we can do it with joy in our hearts. You can. Okay? We've had a wonderful example set in front of us. Those of you that are friends here today and family, Brother Cothran and all of us, church family, this is a great example of what joy looks like. Was Brother Fair and perfect? Absolutely not. He was not. He would tell you, he the first person would tell you he was not perfect. He made mistakes in life. Some that he had regrets about. Some with his family, some with his friends, he had regrets. But man, he loved the Lord. He turned his life back over to the Lord. But see, he wasn't perfect. We all have a past. He had a past. I've got a past. As the old saying says, we all got skeletons in our closet. Is that right? Some of us got some scary skeletons. Don't open that thing. Amen? You let what God sealed, you let it be sealed. Amen? Don't open that thing. But we all got them. Is that right? We all walk around sometimes thinking that, you know, we're holier than thou and nobody else got with But we all got some stuff. Right? Brother Farron had some stuff. But when he gave his heart to the Lord, God don't remember the stuff anymore. What he remembers is the blood of Christ that's applied to your life. That's why he had joy. Amen? Because I'm not going to have to stand there one day and say, God's going to say, now, now look, we're going to talk about all this. He talked to him right here. Amen? And when he gave his heart to Christ, that was done. It's done. Sealed. Amen? Sealed that day. And that's why he had joy. And that's why he could press on every day. And man, if I could bottle up one thing here today from Brother Fair, and that's what it would be, what we're talking about. Take that joy that I saw that day with that smile on his face, body riddled with pain, dragging his, literally, dragging his foot. Miss Sister Linda having to help him get that foot up all the way down that walkway right there in that door, all the way to his seat. But that smile was from here to here. He was so thankful to be able to worship his God one more time. Amen? And even on that day, when he didn't have a whole lot of energy, he still was singing. Still singing. Still worshiping God. Couldn't stand up that day. But he normally would. But he sat right there and just worshiped God. All the way till they, till they quit singing. It was almost like he didn't want them to ever stop singing. Right? When I got up here, it almost, I felt like I just disappointed him. Right? Because he wanted to hear him sing. Right? But... If that's the one thing I wish I could bottle up and give to everybody, and I, if I could say anything to this family here today and to all of us that are friends, man, we need a dose of that. Amen? Amen. And, and look, from this day going forward, don't be sad. I know that's easier said than done because there's a great big hole in your heart today because, you, as I said to the family, you've been touched by love. The only thing that's going to fill that heart again is that peace and that joy of Christ. It's the only thing that'll do it. And just remember the joy that you saw in your, in your dad or in your granddad or in your, 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 your cousin or your, whatever you were, whatever he was to you. A lot of joy there. And remember, it's a great example. Keep walking every single day and never give up. Never, ever give up. Every day keep striving to be better and stronger for Christ and keep looking for the promise that he gave to you. Amen? God's going to fulfill his promise. He, sure, he certainly will. We just got to get up and go get it every day. Is that right? See, the children of Israel were given manna and they were given quail, but they had to get up and go get it. Is that right? It made them joyful to see it, but it made them more joyful when they went and got it. 
Okay? So that's what all of us need to do today. And what a legacy, we've, as I said, we've been given to just do that very same thing. Let me just say this to you here today. There's a whole lot we can say about Brother Farron. There's a lot I'm leaving out. My goodness, there's so much we can say. In Psalm 51 and 12, the Bible says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, the Bible says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is what brings us joy. Amen? Amen? That we've been delivered. One more lasting memory, Brother Farron. We were at the foundations meeting, and Brother Farron had a seizure, it appeared to me, right over there. And Sister Linda's so, so great. She just rubbed on him and held him. She knew what to do. I'm panicking. Sister Linda's not panicking. Right? She just got it. She knows what to do. And in a little bit, he's, he, comes, he, gets, he gets well and gets better again. And, and uh, so we convinced him to go get that looked at. Anybody here knows Brother Farron? That was not easy. We told him, you need to probably get that looked at. And you know what he was telling us. No, I'm all right. I'm all right. But thankfully, we had a couple of nurses here that had a little bit more backbone than I've got because I was scared of Brother Farron. He, he, he'd tell you what he thought, you know. But anyway, they went over to him and said, now listen, I'm telling you, I think you need to go. And they finally, along with Sister Linda, talked him into going. Now this man, now listen to me now, he has cancer. He had just had a seizure over here. Didn't know it at the time that he had the tumor that was causing that. We didn't, none of us knew that. And he's, that just happened now. Ten minutes later, we're, we're out here in the front of the church. They got him on a, a little gurney, and they're wheeling him out, and I'm holding the door. He goes by me, and he gets ready. I get ready to put him in the, in the ambulance there. And I reached over to him, and I told him, I said, I'll be praying for you. And, and I forget what I said, something about maybe we'd go check on him something. I forget. But anyway, he had hold of my hand, and I was going to let go. So they're going to push him into the, into, the, into the ambulance. Well, he wouldn't let go of my hand. And I got a little bit closer to him, and he said, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> Seriously, did he not? <laughs> that was on Saturday. The next day was Sunday. I'm thinking, Brother Farron, they're going to keep you overnight. Uh-uh. I ain't afraid mistaken. He was here that next Sunday. He got out and came here, and he was here. And 